Well, good morning, church, and it's a privilege to be here. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Um, I can't say I've ever preached in a hard hat. So, first time for everything. I kind of feel like it's a safety barrier, so if you throw anything at me, I'm good. I'll just duck into it. Um, but as you, as you understand, today's theme is, is under construction, and, and I think this is a, a truth that's very applicable for men, but also applicable for everyone here today, that, that we're kind of all in this building process in life. And the truth is that we're all trying to build something in life. Whether it's your career, it's a relationship, it's a family, it's a name. We're all trying to build something. We're all in, in the building process. And the second truth is, is I think we're all trying to build a legacy that we leave behind. And that video that we watched earlier for me kind of just brings out the truth in that. Is, is there's, two, there's two points to that. Either, either we build the legacy to leave behind... Or, or the legacy is left behind by what we do, by what we say, how we respond. It, is that's what people see. That's what people follow. And, and, and either way, we have a choice to, to either build productively, to, to focus in on what we're going to leave behind, or it's just going to happen naturally. And then it's the good and the bad. Um, therefore, as we, as, we, as we build this legacy, it has a lot to do with construction. So I think this is probably the first time I put a hard hat on because I know absolutely nothing about construction. Like, I remember as a kid, we built a granny flat in my house. So, so that's my only reference. And I was like 12. So I don't, I don't know what was going on. But, but it's like construction. It's, it's something that needs to be carefully thought out. It's intentional. You don't just randomly go build a house. You don't just rock up and go, today's a good day. I'm going to build a house. There's a lot more to it than, than just a good decision. And, and it, starts with, it starts with laying the foundation. And, and as a kid, I remember this house was being built in, and, and I couldn't understand why they, they sat and measured out, you know, and then they marked out, and then they measured again, and then they started digging, and then they dug some more, and then they measured again, and then they continued digging a bit more. They... They checked the soil. They finally threw concrete. And about two weeks later, the house was about that high off the ground because we now had a foundation. But, but it's the most important step in, in the building process. It's, it's something that needs to be carefully considered. You don't just rock up, like I said, and think, you know, you can build this foundation anywhere. An interesting stat that I read, when they build skyscrapers, when they lay the foundation, one millimeter off at the bottom can result in meters off at the top. So being one millimeter out can make the whole building go skew. And, and I think it needs the same as in our life. As we, as we consider where we're going to build, we need to consider where we're going to lay our foundation, where we're going to put our building on. And, and that comes into to Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. It's quite a, quite a well-known passage. I think as I, as I was reading this, I wanted to start singing the song. Everyone who hears the words of mine and does them is like a wise man who builds his house upon a rock. And when the, ra when the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears the words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who builds his house upon the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came. And when the winds blew and beat against the house, it fell and great was the fall of it. There's, there's a few points that come out that passage. Is, is firstly, in life, we're all going to face stress tests. And I know it's something that they perform on buildings. I mean, I know the other day they came and measured our, our next-gen office to make sure the roof hadn't sunk 
um, any more than, than what it had started. So, so they performed stress tests to see how buildings are doing. And, and, and the, the rain and the storms of life are, are the test for us. And, and the truth is there's two, there's two options. Either our house is built on the rock or our house is built on the sand. Um, it's built on Christ by obeying His words, obeying what, what He said. And, and as the verse says, that house will stand. That house will, will continue to stand as it faces the storm. However, the house built on sand will, will be washed away. The reality of building on, on Christ as a foundation is, is that it gives us new, new boundaries of obedience. You know, as, as a builder marks out a, a, a foundation, as they dig, there's, I've never seen a builder dig a foundation on one side of the property and build on the other. You know, they build within the foundations. And, and these new boundaries are not restrictive, but they rather give us strength to continue, strength to, to continue building. It's encouragement to continue building. As, as we build on the rock, which is Christ, we know it will stand. We can have that confidence, unlike building on our own name, on our own reputation, which is like the sand. As soon as the storms come, as soon as we can't handle it ourselves anymore, it starts to crumble and it starts to fall down. Thirdly, the, the foundation is built by obedience to the gospel. We, we, can't, we can't expect to build on Christ if we're not going to obey what he says. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If we don't put our trust in Him, if we don't make Him the cornerstone, the foundation that we build off, we, we just tend to put our, we put our faith in ourselves. We, we trust ourselves. And as soon as we can't deal with it anymore, it, it falls apart. And finally, as, as you dig this new foundation, it, it's not, a, it's not a, a quick renovation job, but it's a radical new work. A new foundation means a new building. 2 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that we are new creations in Christ. The old has gone and the new has come. It's a, it's a, radical, it's a radical change. And, and the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus is a perfect example. On, on one end, he was going to Damascus to destroy the church, to imprison Christians. He, that, that was his purpose. But God stepped in. Um. He was given a new purpose, he was given new values, he was given a new direction, and he was given a new life built on a new foundation. He wasn't who he was after that. He continued to, to build the church. He continued to, to convert people to Christianity. His, his whole priority has changed. And building on, on Christ is a serious matter. It's not something that we, we can just half-heartedly enter into. It's, it's an all-or-nothing commitment. It's, it's something that we need, to put our, we need to be willing to put our hope and trust in Him and requires commitment till the end. I'm going to hand over to Raj. If you were here on Mother's Day, you'll be familiar with the sort of uh, relay race format we're taking for these Sundays. The first time I was up front, I had to preach on tithing. The second time, I'm doing it in a hard hat. So at some point, I hope to... Just get given some easy topic with a normal dress code. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to move on from there. So Mark's talked to us about the foundation that we lay in our lives. And uh, that applies to all of us. But to dads especially, we, we have a, a responsibility to lead our families and uh, to instruct our kids um, uh, in the right way, the ways of the Lord. And so um, we have this foundation. But as Mark says... No one builds a foundation and then calls it a day and, uh, and heads home. 
we build a foundation because we want to build something further, something on top of that. Um, and so how the foundation that is laid, uh, the foundation of salvation in our lives is important, there's a response that we are then required to give. The Lord does something in us, and He does it gracefully and as a gift, but He calls us then to respond to that, to act on it. If the Lord, the God of creation, steps into our lives, does something radical, uh, we can't just sit back. We don't... Um, you can't experience something uh, that transformative and then continue to live your life um, as you have before. And so I'm going to talk about what that response looks like and how we do it and the tools that the Lord has given us to respond. First of all, we need to prioritize it. Paul is writing in Philippians and uh, he says in Philippians 2, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. I'm really encouraged when I read that because uh, that means our life has purpose. As the Lord has laid this foundation in our lives, he calls us to something, but it's something specific, it's something meaningful, it's something worth spending our lives on. Um, and so as we first um, prioritize that work, that response, um, there are a couple of things we need to be aware of. And I really felt as I uh, was just preparing this um, for this morning, the Lord laid something quite specific on my heart. Um, he says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So as we respond, we need to prioritize a response in our life. And the Lord said to me, there are going to be people here this morning, and while we were praying, uh, Matt Johnson just confirmed it, that... Uh, You've disqualified yourself already. The Lord has laid a foundation in your life of salvation. You've accepted it, but you are disqualifying yourself from moving past that point. Maybe it's a past um, area of sin in your life that you've uh, lived through. Maybe it's divorce. Um, maybe just the general disobedience to the Lord um, that you've harbored in your life for a while. And so as we respond to the Lord... Um, and we prioritize that response. I want to encourage you, if you're here this morning and you have accepted salvation, but you, you are hanging on to something, something in your past that's preventing you from maybe getting involved in ministry, starting to use your, your gifts within the body, um, maybe it's a health issue, something is keeping you back. Don't disqualify yourself and don't limit um, what the Lord can do in your life. Moving on to number two, after we prioritize it, we also need to get to know the chief architect and his plan. So um, one of the, the common characteristics with the three of us is that we have very little construction experience. I think I maybe have the most now after our um, recent building project at the church. Uh, the church built, um, uh, renovated a set of offices in the last two years. And uh, coming into that, I came in completely cold but uh, 
the budget or the bill we were given for the renovation was three times our budget. And so we did what um, any sensible team would do. We continued without a project manager and uh, myself and Matt Francis um, project managed the entire renovation of the property. And um, that meant that uh, for about an hour a day for a year and a half, I spent um, time on a building site. And uh, what would happen is I'd walk around the site with Matt in the, um, the beginning of the week and he'd point out sort of 50 things that needed to get done. And then uh, during the week, he and I would visit the site and um, chat to the guys who are on site, the subcontractors and the laborers. And invariably, things would need to be decided. So you've put up barge boards. Do you want to cut them at an angle? Do you want to leave them sort of pointing out? Do you want to merge two pipes um, with the plumbing to join together? Or do you want to let them run separately? Um, which wall is the dark gray? Which wall is the light gray? And they're all these decisions that need to be made. And uh, we have a, a patio, so we've designed one of our meeting rooms to look a bit like a coffee shop. And uh, that flows out onto a patio. And there was a, a really old roof um, on that structure. And I looked at it, and in my great wealth of experience, decided that this was not structurally sound, and that the roof had to go. And so uh, it was really dirty, and I told the guys, just strip the, the sheets off. We clearly can't um, continue like this. Anyway, they pulled them off, and the next day Matt arrived on site wondering where the roof was and who on earth had told you to take it down. Um, it was uh, it's probably about 10, 12 square meters of, of sheeting. But the point is, I didn't have the experience to know that actually we could have just cleaned that roof. Um, I made a whole lot of assumptions about what the best uh, way forward was. And so I told the guys to pull it off, and to, the, to this day, we still don't have a roof over the patio. Um, <laughs> Matt's been very gracious about it. I've heard him talking to a few people, and he never mentions my name. But uh, I think it's a bit of a sore point. And in this, the same way, um, we can't make assumptions about what the Lord's plan looks like for our life and what the Lord is going to build in our lives. As soon as we do that, we are on very shaky ground, and we're going to end up without uh, sheeting a year and a half later over a part of our lives. Culture will tell us many things about what our lives should look like, about what success looks like, um, about what uh, value looks like, about what healthy relationships even look like. And we can't be swayed um, by that. We have to keep coming back to what the Lord is saying. And I think I need to say it strongly this morning. The Lord's plan for our lives is not going to be what we naturally expect. The Bible is full of scripture that it's always tempting to gloss over uh, in your morning quiet time because the life it um, paints, the picture it paints is so radically different um, from what we are naturally inclined to. So scriptures in, like in Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So the effect of the Holy Spirit in our lives, um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, Self-control. Uh, I can't think of the last time I saw an advert that used key phrases like patience, gentleness, and self-control. Those are not values that our culture holds dear. Um, and so we need to remember that what the Lord does in our lives is going to be different um, from our natural inclinations and from, from what society is telling us. In Matthew, um, Jesus says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to get into heaven. Uh, culture will tell us that finance and money 
is the ultimate sign of success. But Jesus issues serious cautions about that. Um, it, uh, that's one of his most, uh, yeah, uh, talk about being uh, different to what the world's telling you. Jesus cautions us against the pursuit of wealth because he knows what can be involved. Even in James, he says, um, true religion is um, that we care for widows and orphans. So even as we gather as a church, if we assume we know what church must do and what church must look like, we'll probably just gather once a week, have coffee together, enjoy our time, which is great, and it's a part of what the Lord has planned, but it's not the whole picture. So we need to familiarize ourselves with the Word, with Scripture, and with God's call on our life to make sure that we build free of our own assumptions. And then continuing with that, um, and maybe diving a bit deeper into um, Scripture and the Holy Spirit. Um, the, the, I mentioned earlier, I've only preached once before, um, but uh, in order to do that, it was a full message. I spent hours poring over the notes. I even came out here on the Saturday and, and preached to an empty church just to try and prepare myself. Um, but I really grappled with the content of that message. And that was like a year and a half or two years ago. But I still remember the main points of the message because I grappled with it. And uh, I'm just reminded in that, if we just come and listen on a Sunday morning once a week. It's great, and it's certainly better than not coming to church. But if that's all you're doing, you're going to miss out on a whole lot of life-giving depth to Scripture. Um, I envy guys who preach regularly because they are grappling with the stuff every week in a way that we either don't have the time or the inclination to do. But it's really important that we do. Um, that uh, verse, I think Mark read it, Matthew 7 Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. And that rock is the word of the Lord. That rock is scripture, and we all have access to it. We also have access to the Holy Spirit, which is awesome. And I'll, again, just be bold this morning and say that if you have committed your life to the Lord, crossed that line of faith, you should expect the Spirit to be speaking to you on a daily basis. Um, just like we have uh, plans on a building site, so we, we say, okay, we're putting a wall up here, and then we go and build the wall, you still need something to check your progress while you're building. Each new row of bricks needs to be in alignment. It might be in the right place, but it doesn't mean it's exactly right. And so as you read your Bible in the morning, um, you, you read the plans, you then head out, and probably by the time you got to the kitchen table, you've already been challenged on the life that you are building. You're making decisions, you're talking to your wife and your kids, um, you get to work, you're making decisions about finance or about uh, how you're going to arrange your business, business dealings, and that's where the Spirit needs to keep checking your progress. So you can know what Scripture says, but Scripture can't cover in great detail every aspect um, of the decision-making that you're going to have to make every day. And that's where the Spirit is incredibly helpful and a wonderful blessing to us because it guides us um, in the day-to-day decision-making. There are two cautions um, as, I, as I end here, and I'll hand over to Matt shortly to take us home. We have these tools at our disposal, and we have a call to action. 
it's possible that we can respond uh, negatively in two ways. Hopefully we'll get it right. But there's a risk that we charge off full of uh, zeal and we, we become task-oriented and we, we pour ourselves into the study of Scripture and being involved in ministry and we forget the Psalms where it says, be still and know that I'm God. So as dads, you need to respond and moms as well. But this morning, we need to respond. We need to respond well. But we have to remember our place in this arrangement. We're not the architect. And uh, we need to make sure that as we build, we are being sensitive to the fact that the Lord is leading our lives, not us. The other side of the spectrum, warned um, of in Proverbs, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. So if we lean too far into the the side that says, well, the Lord is graceful. He's promised that he will complete every good work he starts. We put ourselves at risk um, of missing what the Lord has for us. If we don't respond, if we don't spend time wrestling with Scripture, preparing our hearts, getting to know the Lord, and being sensitive to the Spirit. Ultimately, this is really the, the, the challenge of growing in maturity in our faith. And so... Um, we, we set our path, uh, our course, we uh, commit to respond to the wonderful thing that the Lord has done in our lives, but there's a journey of maturity that needs to happen, and we're all on it. I'm definitely on it. I know that these guys are on it. Following these steps, prioritizing the response, getting to know the Lord and His Word, and being sensitive to the Spirit are the steps to maturity. The more we, we do those, the more we remain in sync with um, the Spirit and, and the Word of God, the more maturity grows in our lives and we avoid um, one of the two extremes. I'm going to hand over to Matt, who's going to um, take us home from here. Thanks, Raj. So, firstly, what you have to decide this morning as men and women in this place, is who is Jesus to you? That's the most important thing. You might feel moved in the service by the songs or maybe by what you see, but really being moved doesn't mean anything unless it moves you towards Jesus. And so you have a choice today of who you're going to serve and obey in your life, Christ or not. That's what Jesus does. And the promise is if you make Christ your cornerstone and foundation, everything you do for him will stand Everything that is outside of him will fall. Okay. Second point is, just as you have to choose Christ initially, and he does this funda foundation work in your life, you have to keep on choosing him. So Roger's saying, you receive this foundation in order now to start building with Christ. No one lays a foundation and just leaves it. And so he puts some practical tools in our hands as to how we grow and build in a way that ensures what we build stands. But now... How many of you, like me, know that DIY projects don't go as planned? Put up your hand, right? So we move into this townhouse in Beacon Bay, and we decide we're going to move out to you awesome guys here at the Ridge. But in order for us to do that, I had left our home for a couple of years, and it had kind of deteriorated, and a lot of fixing up had to happen. And uh, lucky for Marina, she was pregnant, so she said to me, I can't handle paint. It's up to you, buddy. Solvents will damage the baby. It's all on your shoulders. And um, I have zero, minus construction skills, okay? 
And uh, I remember it was just painting, and I was had my scrape in my hand, and I was tapping the, f the walls, and uh, there was a little bit of a hollow spot, and as I was scraping it, some paint came off, and I was told, you know, you've got to do a good job. My, my dad always said, otherwise you have to do it again. So I take my scraper and scrape it, and the whole sheet of paint comes off the wall. And uh, I had to polyfiller the entire wall from top to bottom. And what should have been just a few hours, it took me about a week, three weeks, possibly even three weeks to do. Yes, yeah. I tell you, it was one of the most challenging moments. I wanted to swear in my heart. I wanted to go, I can't believe this is happening to me. Why is life so difficult? And uh, I was really, self-pity was peaking for those three weeks. But you know what? I realized an important lesson, and I think this is something that all of us can relate to here this morning. Building with Jesus is messy, not so. When you start to intentionally say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, that very same day, there are things that we do that we regret. There are things that we fall into that we wish we'd never had. And how many of us as fathers here this morning have regrets about the way we lived? If we could have that time back, we would do things differently. Can you relate to that this morning? Yeah. And so it's important for us this morning, dads and moms, to know that we don't build alone. Now, this is very difficult for you guys and me because what's the natural state of the guy? Man, I can do this myself, not so. Don't give me directions. Don't give me instructions. Don't tell me what to do. I'll fix it. I'll have the solution. Back off. But this morning, one of the things we have to learn as men is that we need to build with God in our lives. We don't build alone. And that means we have to lean into the fact that God promises to build with us. And in Scripture, there's a big word called sovereignty that we talk about. We say God is sovereign. Now, this is important for us men this morning because many of us don't know what the economic situation is going to be like for us and our children. Many of us are not sure about our own careers or job security. Many of us are not sure financially what things are going to look like in the days ahead. And we are getting told here this morning, you have to build. But often, builders experience climate, resource difficulties, loads of difficulties in building. That's out of their control. Right. And this morning, we want to leave you with great encouragement that we have to build with God in our lives and leaning into what we call his sovereignty. What does that mean? Well, the first is this. Because God is in control of everything, we can face our failure and regret. Already, my little girl Sarah is 17 months old. And I'm being faced with the reality that time is very short. And I often ask myself the question, am I making the right decisions here? And I feel privileged in some sense having you older guys say to me, Matt, watch out for this, watch out for that, because you know that time lost is time you'll never get back. For some of us here this morning, what Roger was talking about as dads, you walk with deep shame because when you look at your children's lives, you weren't around, you worked too much, you maybe got really angry far too quickly, you maybe modeled something towards them where you just went, you know what, if I could change that, I, I wish I could. And naturally, we can't. And so for many of us, we're stuck in a rut here this morning of saying, well, how do I press on to God? If you knew the kind of man that I am, why would God want anything to do with me? Why would he want to build in my life? 
My friend, if that's you this morning, you have to lean into the sovereignty of God, which says He's in control of everything. And because He's in control of everything, even my mistakes and failures, I can give to Him. There's a scripture I hold to almost every single day of my life. It says, for God is able to work all things for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. The second thing of what it means to lean into God's sovereignty, that He's in control of everything, is that ultimately He sees the end product right now. We don't. And being a Christian means we're called to walk by faith, and that means we're called to walk feeling out of control, but leaning into the one who is. And that means many of us are going to walk out of this place into a whole bunch of uncertainty. And we're basically taking God at his word and saying, God, whatever is out there, whatever is, is facing me, I'm leaning into the fact that you've got it. And that you know the end from the beginning. And that means in this moment, although culturally, like Roger was saying, what the world is telling me to do makes sense in my nature, but according to your word, you're calling me to walk in a way that honors you and goes directly opposite to what the world tells me to do. Friends, if you're going to obey Jesus this morning, you have to lean into the one who has the ultimate authority, and it's God. And so when you leave this place, you will have to make decisions to build, but the thing that will help you build in the midst of uncertainty, failure, regrets, and weakness is knowing that God can redeem anything and that whatever you're facing outside, it's not out of his control. And there is a place for us this morning that is promised in Scripture. If you have that view of God and can lean into him with that kind of confidence, it says that even in the midst of uncertainty, we can know a place of rest, peace, and joy. And I'm willing to bet you that there are men in this place that can't sleep at night because of the stress they're under and the strain. There are families here that are struggling. And what you need to hear this morning is, when you leave this place, you're not building alone. God's in the thick of it with you. Not only is he building with you, but he's overseeing the entire project from start to finish. And that means for you this morning, what Psalm 127 says is that... He gives rest to his beloved. He gives peace. It's a wonderful scripture. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. This morning, if you're fighting Jesus in your life and you're building against him, it's not going to stand. It's huge stress. Shake it off. Submit to him. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. This is it. For he gives to his beloved sleep. And the way you sleep at night is leaning into the fact that God's got your life. The entire building project is being overseen by God who knows the beginning and the end. And he's calling you to lean into that today. I'm going to ask the men to please stand. All, uh, all of the men. Doesn't matter if you're a father or not. Doesn't matter how old you are every male in this house, to stand. Men, you have a high calling in God. You're called to love your wives as Christ loved the church. That means laying down your life sacrificially for those whom you love. 
You're called to be the one who sets the spiritual tone in your home. As that video shows, the males around you are watching. And it, this mantle of responsibility, it is weighty. And I want you to feel it this morning. I want you to feel the sense of God's call on your life. But at the same time, this morning, I want you to feel God's grace upon your life to do it. It's because where God calls us out as men, He provides the grace and the power and the mercy to do it. And so I'm going to ask the ladies to come around each man. Just put your arm out. Just stand around them. Come, all your ladies, and put your arm on their shoulder. Don't let there be one man around without a hand on their shoulder. Maybe just me. It's fine. Lord, this morning, we thank you for men. We thank you for their character, for the way that you made us in your image, the way that, Lord, we are perfect complements to women, the way that, God, in your wisdom, you gave us this mantle of responsibility to lead our homes and to shape the spiritual nature of the world around us. And we are praying this morning for our men Lord, you know that, God, we need you. And that, Lord, we need to embrace you this morning, not only taking up this call to build, but, Lord, also the grace that comes with it as we do so. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you would raise us in courage. I pray this morning that our spiritual stature would grow, that, Lord, the burden that we carry, Lord, of this world, would fall off our shoulders as we fix our eyes upon a God who's able to bear it all. And I pray this morning that as we leave this place for each man, you would fill us with your spirit, that God, you would take us into a much deeper relationship with you, that you'd speak to us about ourselves and the world around us, and that in this church, in this place, we would see men rise up to take up the call of God, to lead and to lead well in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.